What's new, what's new? Welcome back to another music interview. I'm Justin the Floor God. This is the So Who's Up Next podcast, the show where I have curious conversations with my fellow musicians about their music, creativity, and the process. Fox Teeth are masters of their element in sight and sound. The trio's debut album, Tight, is a smooth blend of indie rock with a singer-songwriter twist. During our conversation, I was so enamored with the band's relationships between each other and the music they create. I learned that it takes all the little things, from watching movies to eating nachos, that can actually help with inspiration and workflow. Let's get into it. I'm Jade from Foxteeth. I am the vocalist and, so far, um, our only guitarist. I'm Andrew. I play drums in Foxteeth. Yep, and I'm Ron. I uh, play the bass guitar and do background vocals. Okay, where are you guys from? We're all in different areas of Central Jersey, but I guess that would be our main center point, just calling it Central Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wander around a lot between Edison and Linden, so yeah, we cover yeah. both tracks. You know, you could we could be anywhere in New Jersey and never know where you're gonna find us. Gotcha. And what got you all started into music? For me. I started playing piano when I was 13 and then like I gave it up, but then I picked up the guitar so it all worked out in the end. So that was it for me. My family forced me to play piano. <laughs> nice. Really? I never knew that about you, Ron. I'll have to play you some uh, For Elise sometime, Andy. <laughs> yeah, can you play that Twinkle Twinkle? What, what are they, uh, that uh, Beethoven song? No, dude, voice? I can still play it perfectly. That's the funny do, do, thing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I did not know that. For me, I started also when I was 12 or 13, but I always kind of wanted to learn guitar. I was really into Avril Lavigne growing up, and I wanted to be her. So I asked for a guitar I know when I was 10, and I couldn't play it, so I sold it. And then when I was like 13, my Nana gave me my grandpa's guitar which was a big deal because she's never given anything of my grandpa's away so i just kind of made it like a goal of mine to learn how to play it and i learned by ear for the most part and then um i did classical training for a few years and then the singing was just kind of came with the classical training once i learned how to sight read and stuff like that i could just mimic the notes with my voice yeah it was really interesting because i remember when jade started playing with ron and i like she, uh, Jade, like just completely refused to play with a pick, right? Do you still, do you still refuse to play with a pick, Jade? Yeah, I just, it's because my classical guitar teacher, like if you pull out a pick in class, it was over, you were gonna fail. So <laughs> I just got into the habit of it. And also because I tap a lot on the guitar, so it's hard to like switch between the two. They would hit your fingers with like a ruler if you played with a pick, right, Jade? Basically, oh my God, no. But he used to like get really mad and it always scared me. So I just like completely threw out all of my picks. I think I maybe have one, but I have no idea where it is. That's wow. hilarious. <laughs> I like that. I mean, if it if it's any consolation, I also don't use a pick when I play. It's more of just a preference. Like I never tried to learn with a pick, but I feel like I it depends like what you're playing when you have a pick. Like I know in a lot of our songs, I do arpeggios for certain parts of them. To try to do that with a pick, I have to pick really fast, and I just don't have that coordination, so I just can't do it. Earlier, Ron, I think you mentioned that you and Andrew were playing together, and then Jade came along, or like how did you find each other? Jade uh, back in late 2019 i think it was like september october mm-hmm. she had already released poets and ghosts she was basically looking for a drummer and a bassist so i hit up jade and then i'm just gonna fact check you guys real quick with <laughs> fake news so i remember i was in my public speaking class probably a wednesday morning in late september and i checked my dms on instagram before class started and ron was like yo this band is looking for a bassist and a drummer we should join uh, so it was definitely ron first nice i remember that pretty vividly so that's what happened. So we hit up Jade. We played the bass and the drums on a song from Poets and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. That's like how we auditioned. That wasn't released, obviously. And then from there, we we became the full band, Foxy. Nice. Yeah, we had our uh, 
our first practice like um after they had played over one of the poets in ghost tracks i was like okay these guys are good like they're good they're fast with it so we got together to practice at andy's house and i started showing them this new song that ended up becoming photograph on tight it was like butter we basically just all came together and were able to put stuff into the song with basically no effort so it was like perfect puzzle pieces being put together that's crazy that and it's such a cool thing too like the few times i have managed to find jam sessions with other musicians it's always been a good time so i can only imagine what it was like that first band practice it was a big change because i had been doing everything myself for poets and ghosts Mm -hmm. and i can't play the drums to save my life i definitely can't play (laughs) the bass at all because i'm very tiny so it was like really cool to be able to hear how it sounds with the full band and to be able to just blend so well without really knowing andy and ron and we automatically just click so it was like perfect wow so walk me through how you made Poets and Ghosts then. So you did everything by yourself or what was that process like? So for the most part, everything was by myself except for the drums on Anemia, which my friend did one day. We were just hanging out and she was playing around and we recorded it for fun. But yeah, I made everything on GarageBand. I was 17 for the most part. Mm. Um, so I didn't really have like too much knowledge of how to like mix and master stuff. I was just kind of hitting the record button and hoping for the best. It taught me a lot like how to write songs and kind of incorporate different parts together know what i wanted i think it came out all right sometimes i listen back to it and i kind of cringe because it's like there's some parts where my voice is like cracking because you know i didn't really i didn't really care to like go back over it i was just kind of having fun with it but yeah it was just kind of like an album i did like just coming straight out of high school and i was like you know what i'm gonna sit and record a couple of songs and put it out for people to listen to and uh it had a pretty good response so I wanted to keep going with it. With Ron and I, we were really excited by Jade's songwriting ability. I feel like it was pretty strong from the get-go, even with something like Poets and Ghosts. So we mm-hmm. were both pretty stoked because we both love that that style of music. I mean, all of, we obviously do because we play in the band, but um, it, it was just really cool and kind of fresh at the time because we were playing a lot with like the same few local bands, bands we love, bands we don't love so much. Uh, and to see something like that was pretty exciting. 100%. And I mean, I definitely get a sense of, I don't want to say immaturity, because that's just the wrong word, but the newness of the Poets and Ghosts EP, it definitely felt super raw in comparison to tight. It definitely came through in that project for sure. The question I do have about it, was that all recorded at Noodle Shop? Or was that, you know, kind of pieced together in basements in different places kind of how tight was poets and ghosts was entirely done in my basement and in my bedroom except for the drums which i went to my friend's house and she did on an old drum kit i had but yeah the majority of it was done in my basement and it was literally just me down there with a microphone like it was i literally recorded all of that with a guitar hero microphone nice plugged it straight into my laptop and then I would like put it in front of my amp and kind of try to make the sound a little less muddy. I would say a lot of it is still muddy just because I didn't know how to mix it, but mm. I did my best um, and I was proud with it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely sounds like a good piece of work. It's a it's a great introduction to what Fox Teeth is and your newest work tight definitely is an expansion on that sound. So can you tell me a little bit about what tight is about? First of all, it's not spelled like the regular word tight. It's T-I-T-E exclamation point so i guess we could start with that where'd the name come from i think it might have been andy or ron that said we should name it tight as a joke because every time we would text in our group chat and we would get something done i'd be like okay tight that's cool and like that's how i spelled it and then as a joke we had like said we were gonna name the album tight and then we just kind of stuck with that i like it and so what's the story behind tight 
I don't think there's really like a like a set story behind tight to me the album and I don't I really don't want to sound pretentious here so stop me if I do because I can go, go on for like it a go whole, for it like Maddie Huey type you know aggrandizement rant but um i feel like tight <laughs> is just like a bunch of snapshots from being like in a liminal space of youth where you're like just entering college you just got out of high school and mm-hmm. you're kind of experiencing yeah. independence for the first time and you know there's like songs about relationships there's songs about loss on there there's songs about loving your friends i feel like it's just snapshots of like good memories and tough memories that's that's what i feel like tight encapsulates at least lyrically i like it we definitely get a sense of that on songs like school friends but we also get the i guess snapshots you had your chance of saying photographs there man and you missed it <laughs> okay, yeah it's it's all good i'll forgive you for that one i mean it's also very apocalyptic one of the songs i wanted to talk to you about was donnie darko i haven't watched the movie but i know a little bit about the story so like for anyone who doesn't know how would you explain the inspiration for the song donnie darko as like the movie donnie darko Oh my God. I love talking about Donnie Darko because it's like, okay, so I get really bad hyperfixations, like, um, like that I can't always control. Like if I see a movie, mm. I have to know everything about it in one sitting until I'm completely tired of it. So my first semester of college, my film professor had us watch Donnie Darko as our last movie in class. And it completely changed my life. Like I've never cried while watching movie and I cried while watching that. And it's a type of movie that doesn't have a set ending. Like it's kind of left up to the watcher to describe the plot. I thought that was really cool because it was like, you can take so many different elements of that movie and kind of make your own ending or make your own, I guess, explanation for it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I was absolutely obsessed. So I had watched that December of last year for the first time. And by January, I'd written the song. In the lyrics of the song, it's pretty much just parts from the movie that I wrote out like the first line where it's like, you fell asleep at the cinema. There's, there's an entire scene where the girl in the movie just, just knocked out while watching a movie at the movie theater and like the entire movie itself i guess you could say it's kind of about like the end of the world and someone having to stop that so with the song i wanted it to be like the same feeling i wanted it to feel like you said apocalyptic i wanted it to have like a really eerie feeling i was also listening to a lot of movements at the time i know when we were mixing the song i uh pointed to a lot of like movement style sounds i just wanted it to be a very eerie song that was very spooky but also just kind of vague like there's just you know i have the countdown at the end which is also in the movie i really just i wanted to take lines from the movie put it in a song as kind of like an ode to it because i was just i loved it so much and it ended up being like one of our best songs it's in the first i want to say 24 hours of us having it up on spotify got over a thousand streams which had never happened before it was definitely a big turning point for us the song itself kind of helped us figure out where we wanted to go as a band i could say that song probably solidified us as a band like we realized we had potential with the project i shown Andy the song because I think that day Ron had to work so me and Andy kind of worked on the song and it was really really slowed down yeah it was insanely slow and we even did like a like a full instrumental demo of the song way slower it it felt so much better sped up you know we showed Ron and Ron was like oh my god this is amazing so we were like okay well let's let's take it to the studio and let's put it out as a single and just kind of see what happens and you know we went to Noodle Shop we worked with our producer Aiden that was the first time I had met Aiden and we recorded it the beginning of February 2020 and then got it out in March you've released all this music now and you know you've you had singles and an ep before the album came out when you go to record in the studio like what's that like torturous 
you know, you kind of want to just ball your eyes out and, you know, put down music and maybe major in business or something. No offense to any business majors, but you just kind of want to, like, no, I'm completely kidding. Um, it really depends from song to song. Like, with Donnie Darko, that was a tricky song because it really was, like, the first song we actually sat down and tried to write. Mm -hmm. So it was the first song we did and the only song we did for tight that had a, a whole demo process where jade and i met up and we wrote the roadmap of the song together way slow way different than the second demo that we ended up doing which was like a full band like in the studio demo which saw me changing the drum parts on the spot out of <laughs> frustration nice and then we kind of like came back regrouped and realized that we had to speed the song up so then Jade redid it again, like for a second or third time. And then I went right around Valentine's Day on a particularly lonely Saturday early in the morning to go record it with Aiden at Noodle Shop. So with that song, a lot of effort went into it. And then when the, the pandemic hit, when COVID hit, that changed a lot of what we thought recording the album was going to look like. Mm -hmm. So I invested in home recording equipment. And for a while, Aiden actually lent me a lot of mics and cables. Thank you very much, Aiden. You're a lovely soul. Until I was able to get my own gear. So I was recording drums by myself to things that Jade was sending to us by, by herself. So it became very isolated. And everyone just kind of did their own thing out and went to the studio separately. Um, but I'd say it's pretty organic. You know, everyone kind of analyzes the song by themselves and kind of has good instincts for what they want to do and it all kind of just at least for tight you know it really mm -hmm. just gelled together pretty organically yeah i like that and so where do you guys find inspiration we all have kind of different inspiration i know number one for me is now now like they're my favorite band school friends is just a cover of their song but i look to them for a lot of stuff before we would go and record stuff at the studio before i would always watch their live audio tree sessions just to kind of like get myself in the feeling and have their style in my mindset to kind of help with how we wanted to change things in the studio or which direction we wanted to go in while still kind of keeping our own unique style to it 100 percent. and I'm, I'm a big fan of the audio tree sessions I know that one of the artists we've both listened to, Julian Baker, had a session on there too. Did she have any, I guess, lasting influence on your sound as well or no i would say for yellow houses that's probably like a big julian baker inspirational track there uh, i was listening to a lot of her when i finished the song i love julian baker like i had the same guitar same guitar strap same pedals like it, it was bad i was really obsessed with her in high school but a lot of my i guess I, I could say my vocal style is inspired by her a lot just because she's able to belt out such strong notes so i kind of like trained myself to be able to do that i gotcha i gotcha and i definitely hear that throughout the album and and even in like previous works as well so let's shift a little bit to like other media so you guys have one a music video out for photograph right yeah what was the process of making the music video for photograph like essentially uh, my friend mateo he shoots videos for one of the other bands i'm in and stuff we hit him up and we just had this idea essentially to walk around like a, a big forest dramatically i guess and then afterwards play to the song and then just put it all together actually there, there is a bit of a, a story it's it's like andy gets lost in the video um <laughs> <That's> right <Yeah. laughs> but it's like you know there, there's no like sensical plot or anything like that when we kind of got down to the day that we were recording we were there really early in the morning because i ended up having having to work at like 12 that afternoon. So we got into the middle of the woods at like maybe six in the morning or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. we were like, okay, well let's just kind of like walk around and look really confused. And um, 
then we'll go over to the studio and, you know, just record us playing through a few times and hopefully it works out. And uh, Mateo is an absolute genius. You know, he, he pieced everything together really well. The way he colored it was really nice. And even though, like Ron said, like there wasn't really a set story, I think you could kind of tell like we're kind of like all confused in it, like walking around in different directions. I would say we were kind of just having fun with it. You know, that was our first music video as a band that we're actually in. But I think it was more just kind of like having fun, figuring out what to do for the first time for something like that. Yeah, Mateo is very open. He's very chill, but he also does have like a good sense of direction and like a good eye for things. You know, he, he doesn't have to show up to a shoot wearing a lab coat and a beret to like get the point across that he's artistically capable of doing things, even though that's what he did for our shoot, um, which kind of <laughs> made me uncomfortable. But yeah, it was really just like, you know, I'm not trying to dox us here, but we went to this really cool, <laughs> we went to this really cool, like old reservation. The Watchung like, Old Village. Yeah, yeah. the Watchung yeah. Old Village, and more north of, of where we typically do stuff. And it was a lot of fun. It was really cool to get up that early, especially when you're not really getting up early because of COVID. Um, I brought a big box of Joe for the band that was pretty much enjoyed by just me, Aiden, and Mateo. But it was a lot of fun, honestly. We just kind of wanted to rock out, you know? I know we're still kind of in quarantine. We got to be safe um, and stay socially distanced for the near future. But, you know, after all this is over, what's going to be the next music video that's going to come out? Oh, that's a good question. I guess it obviously depends on like when all of this is over i'm sure if we're still quarantining and um or if everything is still going the way it is that once we start putting out new music and we decide to do another video or even if we did another video for a song on tight we'd find a way to do it in the safest way possible even if we had to like stand super far from each other or film it at different times mm -hmm. because like how andy had said earlier when we were going to the studio for tight we all went at different times so that we weren't near each other it would have to just be something that we kind of have to figure out as we go just to be as safe as possible yeah, we've talked about doing, I don't want to get our legions and legions of listeners hopes up here, but we talked about doing a music video for Sad Song, which uh, we never really like tried to plan the logistics out, but that could be something that we'll do if we ever write like another movie song, like maybe Hannibal Lecter, you know, dedicated to Silence of the Lambs. We maybe do, you know, try to get uh, Anthony Hopkins in with the Fox Teeth crew, do a music video with him or something like that. Definitely something cool. We'll, we'll try to do something cool at some point. I'm about it. Whatever it is, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So let's back up a little bit here about uh, Tight and just kind of how you make songs in general. We've talked a little bit about inspiration here or there, but how do you guys know when a song in this album, how did you know when a song was going to make the cut? There was only one song that ended up not making it, but I mean, really, we just all kind of agreed once it was done in the studio. I guess we kind of just knew there wasn't really much of a debate. As I said, there was one song, though, that was cut and will be put probably in another release even if we heard like certain parts of the song like i know what photograph we liked it when we finished it but it felt like something was missing and then andy put in like a bunch of other percussion it sounded perfect and we were like that's it that's how we want it so i think it was just kind of like how we felt with the songs and you know we would sit and listen to them a few different times have different mixes done and then we would just have one good mix that we would all agree on we'd be like this is it this is perfect let's send it to get mastered and uh, get it ready for the release it's really important to work like every song is going to make the cut but still be very free of expectations so every time we 
worked to write a song. It was like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to completely finish it and it'll be on the album. That obviously wasn't the case for one of the songs. But when you have that kind of mindset that you're going to work step by step and eventually finish it, you're free of writing a good song or a bad song. Like your goal is just finishing a song. When you work like that, it's very process oriented. So when we get like a rough mix from Aiden of a quote unquote finished song and you listen back to it over a span of a couple of days, you really do get a clear perspective of if it's finished or not. Like with Photograph, I felt like the ending was way too dry. Like the bridge, is, there's a lot of percussion in the bridge. I don't have synesthesia. Jade has synesthesia. Jade can see like colors and things, which is so cool. Ooh, we'll get um, into that. Maybe I do because I can like taste sounds. <laughs> like, like Iron Maiden tastes like a steak on a Sunday morning for me. I'm not a big fan of Iron Maiden, so that's why I have that association. Okay. So when I would literally like when I would go to the bridge and photograph, like my mouth would get dry and I would like go run for like a glass of water or something. So that that's kind of like how I knew that that song wasn't finished yet from like my response to it. And that's that's really important when you're writing something like listen back to it, even if it's going to be painful, because then you'll know what you want to add. That's super interesting. And so, Jade, I'm curious, how much of a role does synesthesia play in making music for you? It actually plays a pretty big role. I didn't know what it was called. Like, I didn't know that was an actual thing that people had till we were recording the album. I forgot who I had been talking to, and they were like, hey, um, like, so I had described something to them by saying it sounded like a specific color, and they were like, that's kind of a weird way to put it. And I was like, oh, you don't hear colors? And they were like, no, that's that's not normal. And then I kind of looked into it, and then I had asked, like, a doctor about it, and he was like, uh, yeah, that's that's synesthesia. They have this, like, little test that you do, and he was pretty much like, yeah, you associate certain sounds with certain colors and certain shapes, in a sense, too. So it did help a lot when we were doing tight, especially for, like, the art for the singles. Like, when I heard Donnie Darko, I know I could see like a teal and that's why the cover was edited to have that kind of teal um, shading over it. And then same thing with Yellow Houses, obviously like of course there's a yellow house in it but i could also see like i can envision just the flames in the bed with the crazy pattern on it and i could just see that when i heard the song and also with like mixing like I, i'm glad like aiden was able to understand what i meant but if we were listening to a mix and like let's say it was just me and him and i was listening to vocals i would say this sounds a little bit too like red and triangular which sounds insane but he completely understood what i meant and would be able to fix it to kind of smooth it out it kind of helped us push like we wanted things to sound or at least on my end it kind of helped me get like the guitar and the vocal sounding the way I wanted it by being able to, to sense how they looked color wise or felt shape wise. So I'd say it played a pretty big role. Nice. When you're playing guitar, for example, does the color like change as you're moving your fingers around the frets or is it constantly like depending on the song, like one kind of shade? It kind of depends. I mean, sometimes I don't, like I zone out when I'm playing, so I don't always see everything until um, I kind of zone back to it. But I think it's more or less like when I'm doing certain chords together or a chord alone. I mean, for every note I can, if I sit and I strum it alone, I can hear or see a color, but it's not like every note I move to, it's like color splashing my head, like strobe lights, because that would be way too intense, but it's kind of like a set color for each type of thing. Like I know, for example, if I listen to Chanel by Frank Ocean 
mean, I just see the color like a tannish orange. Like that's just what I assign to that song. But it's like a very light color just because of how it sounds to me. And that's just what processes in my head. That's pretty crazy. I don't know. It's just interesting because like I've had a couple other guests talk to me about colors and stuff. And it's not as intense as you just described it. But there's definitely an odd connection between like musicians and color. Because like even for me, like I've explained in a different one that like I can sort of see like drums as like little flashes of light i tell people like in the back of my head but yeah that's super super interesting so you guys just released tight back in october but have you started thinking about whatever the next project's going to be yeah absolutely <laughs> we actually did start writing we have a couple of songs that we're already pretty well into working on for the next project nice and i don't want to spoil anything or try to confirm anything that you know might not be uh like official in the future but are there any hints or any changes that you could kind of let us in on we're taking a lot of inspiration from uh like playboy cardi and eminem it's gonna be a rap album right really Ron, you've been written you've been writing some raps for this record right yeah i mean i've been adding a couple of my own uh little rhymes in um then i've just been running them by jade and stuff so when we drop this, I think that everyone will be quite surprised at the difference in, in, uh, in genre in the music. Okay, so um, I'm sorry. Um, so realistically, uh, I think we're just trying. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the like the punch. There it is. Go for it. <laughs> I think we're, we're just trying to develop a more nuanced and kind of focused sound because hmm. I think we established that on tight tight definitely does have a pretty set aesthetic but we're really trying to make a more fuller sounding record you know filling up space with other instruments being subtractive with other instruments we're really trying to have this record sound more full that's kind of the best way i can describe it like to me tight feels like i'm running around with my friends on like a, a cold fall day kind of like enjoying life but with the new stuff i feel like i'm curled up in my batman snuggie by a fire with some hot chocolate and i'm maybe crying a little bit but also you know happy yeah it's like a good cry yeah like like a nice cry cries are good cries are very like i'm not even joking around cries are really good um it's, it's a very important thing to do don't be afraid to cry especially when you're listening to Fox yeah Two. i can definitely say like the new songs that i've been writing lyric wise they're heavy at least for the lyrics that i do have done so far not like super heavy like not like crazy serious but definitely let's say you took yellow houses and made it like five times heavier and then every song on the album was like that that's kind of the direction i'm going at least lyric wise i've been trying to incorporate using a synth a lot more while we're playing my grandma gave me my grandpa's synth guitar thing yamaha i don't really know it's called a keytar yeah it's really cool and i was like i definitely want to use this on the album so i've been just kind of hooking that up and making new sounds with that the one song that didn't make the cut for tight um i kind of redid that slightly faster and i put a synth behind it and it sounds like 10 times better so i'm sure if the release is an ep or another album that song will be on it and it's like like andy said so much fuller and it's not that tight was empty with certain things but it's like we're developing our own sound a lot more and we're adding stuff that kind of helps bring that forward and helps kind of sculpt the mold for us as a band nice well whenever that comes out and no rush obviously i can't wait for it i'm sure it'll be all bangers i'm sure it'll make me uh tear up in my own snuggie as well <laughs> but 
But yeah, so <laughs> I had three questions at the top of my head, and now I only have two, and I'm wondering now where the third one went. Uh, have you checked under your bed? I, I'll look right now. Okay. <laughs> I got you. What do you guys... <laughs> What do you guys think you'd be doing if you never got into music? Not even like not into Fox Teeth, like never found music. What, what do you think you'd all be up to? It's a good question. I think I'd still be doing something with art or maybe I might even I might have even been in school for like engineering. because I used to like to build Legos and stuff like that, but I liked creating stuff. So I think even if music wasn't a thing for me, I still would have been doing something where I get to create. But I think it would have been more like business oriented rather than like not that music can't be, but more than I guess now with being in a band, it would be more like logistics and stuff like that that's a very hard question because like for me music is the only thing that's stuck like i tried a lot of different things growing up but mm. it was always music that was like the only thing i had the patience for and the persistence for and probably the passion for i used to write a lot when i was younger i would write a lot of poems i would write stories i can't imagine not doing something creative so it would probably be something in that realm if i never picked up an instrument yeah, I, I used to draw a lot and stuff, so maybe it would have been that way. But just like Andy said, it's like even hard to imagine that question because music is such like a big part of, of my life right now and, mm -hmm. and has been since I picked up playing an instrument. So probably something in art. I wanted to be a basketball player for a while. <laughs> I don't think uh, that would have turned into anything. There was a time, too, where I wanted to be a rapper. Nice. Yeah, There's always yeah. time, Andy. Yeah, yeah, if, it's, it's not too late. Uh, Google me around. You should be able to find a picture on like my mom's Facebook of, of me in like a rapper costume as Eminem in fifth grade. Um, oh no, not, not the best time. Uh, it was a very short-lived phase. So maybe, maybe I'd be a rapper. You know, who knows? Who knows? I would definitely want to see an alternate universe where that is the case. I want. Oh God, I would not want to step foot in that. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any like weird stories behind making any of the songs almost every time we went to the studio if we did happen to be together there or if it was like me and ron there we would order like 60 dollars worth of nachos from this one restaurant to the point where they called us and told us to stop ordering nachos oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we, were using, we were using all their cheese and stuff yeah they're, they're guacamole and then the lady so called good. yeah it's really good though there's no hard feelings it's it's in <laughs> it's an ambulance no, no no there's really not I, we tell this story like it was their fault but i mean if you're ordering like eight sides of guacamole and cheese like especially for like four people it's a little excessive but the place is taqueria los quieros and Amboy, and, and they are absolutely delicious. So I just wanted to shout them out as well. If tight had to be made into like a candle, I think it would have to smell like nachos because that's the only smell I can incorporate <laughs> with us recording the album and like being at the studio. Yeah, I think that was probably the weirdest thing we had happen. So the last thing I wanted to ask you guys was what advice do you have for people wanting to get into the music space? Maybe they're making music by themselves. They want to find a band. What would you say to them? Yeah, no, I guess, I, I guess um, for somebody starting out new, it's really important to develop your own sound. I mean, it's going to sound like really basic, I guess, but it's just important to develop your own sound and then not be afraid to like be who you are in your music. You know, you can have inspirations, but at the end of the day, you're never going to sound exactly like your inspiration. And you and you really don't want to either. Like, you just kind of want to be your own thing. For me, like, I'm really into uh, bands like Modest Mouse, balance of composure you know that kind of thing and so when i listen to the bass there I'm, i might draw influence but at the end of the day like i'm not them and they're not me so it's just it's just important to be your own person in music don't gatekeep yourself and like especially like don't compare yourselves to other people especially on instagram which you know i love instagram because 
you can really like spread your your personal brand on on the platform but there's also a lot of crap on instagram especially for drummers there's a lot of terrible drum videos on instagram <laughs> played by some great drummers who never get called for gigs who don't play in any bands because they just play in their basement all day and and if that's what you want to do that's totally fine but if you're looking to like make songs you know listen to drummers guitarists bassists whatever your instrument is listen to those bands that you love and that you resonate with listen to those musicians who have been in the studio with with other artists or who have gone on tour and and take advice from them take lessons from them and most importantly like just have fun i feel like an asshole because i feel like i just shat on a bunch of people who have fun on instagram i'm absolutely one of them i post nonsense on instagram all the time <laughs> so like don't be afraid to have fun don't be afraid because you don't sound like some great band or great musician that you love because you're never going to sound like them just take influence from them and have fun play music for yourself because if you don't then it's going to become very anxiety inducing and not fun you know, have fun. I would pretty much agree with everything that both Ron and Andy said, like with music, you don't want it to be something that you're doing it because you want to be like someone like you can, like they both said, you could take inspiration from people. You can look up to people. There's tons of musicians I look up to and our their influences are very clear in our songs. I also want to kind of be that inspiration for someone. So I want to have something that's my own thing so that in the future, you know, 10 years from now, let's say if someone knows who Fox Teeth is then and they look up and they listen to us and they're like, man, I want to make music like that i want to i want to be the person that also inspires people to make music and you know just kind of get out there before i did music i actually wasn't into it like at all and the first time i said i was going to play guitar and play in a band you know people made fun of me and i kind of put it down for like three years and then one day i was just like you know what this is something i enjoy and i just want to have fun with it and you know it's turned into the best part of my life have fun with it and kind of just be your own version of the musician you look up to because even if you want to mold yourself in that way along the lines you're going to find different styles of music that you like different ways to play that you like different writing styles and you just kind of got to go at it and really find who you are through music and be able to mirror that when you record or when you're just playing you just got to be yourself this has been the fox teeth interview on the so who's up next podcast if you like what you hear be sure to listen to fox teeth's new album tight spelled t-i-t-e out now on major platforms. Be sure to follow our show wherever you go. I got a lot more coming soon, so stay tuned. So much in the works for 2021, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. I'll catch you in the next one.